Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the City. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated to Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. But Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, hold on. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Quest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Drawing About the G-Men, your one-stop shop for everything Giants football. I'm Big J, joined by Joe Guire, Juan Scanlon, and King Zay, as always. And we are continuing our preview of the league with the AFC and NFC South today, as well as we're going to be recapping training camp because it started for the Giants yesterday, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But let's get get into the AFC South. It is really the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good being the Colts and Titans. The bad being the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the ugly being the Houston Texans for what's going on with Deshaun Watson. He's got all this stuff going on off the field, reporting to training camp. Joe, what do you think of all this stuff going on with Deshaun Watson and the Texans right now? Well, the latest that I've seen is, and I know Zay's not going to like this, but um, nine women have filed uh, complaints with the police. And two of those nine women are not connected to the civil lawsuit, which means they're looking for some sort of criminal retribution. And that could potentially uh, lead to Deshaun Watson's arrest. Now, whether or not, again, he would be held uh, although you would think with multiple accusations that that he probably wouldn't get bail, uh, but he does work with Rusty Harden, so I like to think that he would. As far as the civil suits, uh, depositions for the women don't start till September. He won't be deposed till February. So as long as he doesn't get arrested for any of this stuff, the civil trial won't be an issue for him. I would be concerned now, though, uh, of the Ray Rice situation repeating itself, where if you know, I, I find it curious, suddenly Houston's open to trading the guy. And I can't help but wonder if they just know enough of the details that this isn't going to end well for them. And he's suddenly available. I I, I don't know. I mean, they should have sold right after the season before all this came out when he was at his highest you're not trading five draft picks right now for this guy the the uncertainty behind it could this this could potentially make or completely destroy a franchise if you were to make this move and it blow up in your face yeah i mean it's an ugly mess going on right now zay deshaun watson came to camp today from reports, it seems like he was not distracted. He was ready, just focused on football. Is he going to play this season? I definitely think he is. I don't see why he won't. I understand what Joe is saying. In order for a federal case to actually go through there, there's going to have to be some evidence that holds some serious water because you're talking about some serious accusations. And if they can't do that, then most likely, like I said, it'll get pushed to the side. They'll probably settle for a lesser charge or something like that where I could see him playing this rest of this year. And I think that's why the Texans are open to trading him, knowing him that they'd rather trade him now than having 
a person who's going to be on the roster, be disgruntled and, you know, possibly ruining whatever they're trying to rebuild with that franchise. So trade him now, get rid of him, allow him to get his fresh start somewhere else because maybe there isn't something there. and Maybe they just realize that they'd rather not have an angry player in their locker room at the start of the season. Uh, about a week ago, Schefter, Adam Schefter reported that the Eagles were preparing to go after Deshaun Watson. Sean, how do you think he will fit into the Eagles, or, or will they even get that deal done at this point? Uh, I don't think it would be wise for the Eagles because, uh, like Joe said, if if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to give up a lot of value, a lot of draft picks, and maybe some uh, starting caliber players. So uh, I, I don't think that it would be wise for them to do it. If they do, I would love it because uh, I hate the Eagles. So and if it blows up in their face, then it, it would be great for us. But, I, I mean, I think he would fit in good with the Eagles, obviously, if, if you know, all this uh, stuff passes and he ends up, you know, uh, getting free. I think that he would fit in good with them because they get Devontae Smith. Uh, their O-line was pretty banged up last year, but they still have one of the better O-lines. So, um, I, But I don't think it would be smart for them to do that. If if I were the Texans, honestly, I would just give him a suspension because he's not on the commissioner's exempt list. And if you're the Texans, you're not going to win a lot of ball games this year anyways. And Deshaun Watson's only going to help you win a little bit more because there's not any talent on that team. Deshaun Watson is the superstar of the team. And I, I think that you know, obviously, you don't want to tank in the NFL, but they're they have, I think, the worst roster in the NFL. So, I think that if they want to get the number one draft pick, and if they don't want him to get suspended, you know, midseason and ruin their season, I I would either you know try to trade him away right now because uh, even though the value isn't going to be high, I, I think that you got to just try and get off of that. Uh, and and if not, I would put I would give him a suspension if from the team because he, if he's not in the commissioner's exempt list, he's going to be able to play. But I just don't see it ending up well for, you know, Deshaun Watson or the Texans in this situation. Yeah, I mean, we have no clue what's going to happen going forward. We can only speculate and try and figure it out ourselves. But only time will tell. But with that being said, I mean, Houston, how, how did they look going into this season? Let's get into the preview part. It. Deshaun Watson leaned them. I, I don't even think that can help him all that much. It, it's a mess in Houston. The defense is all in shambles after J.J. Watt leaving. They got a bunch of pieces on offense that I, I don't think glue too well together. Uh, I, I think they are in contention with or without Deshaun Watson to get the, the number one overall pick. I, I think this team is a joke right now, and, and I don't see them winning – more than one game all, all season long. Like they're going to be pathetic. The Houston Texans franchise these past couple of years, starting with the Deshaun Watson trade, has just been a mess and is just continuing to go out of control and spiral out of control. Joe, do you agree with me? Do you think are the Texans in the running to get the first overall pick come next season? Yeah, yes, they are. Uh, their defense is worse than it was last year. Uh, so a four twelve team. I don't know that they have much hope. And 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 just I want to I want you to understand. Uh, uh, you know, I really do like Deshaun Watson a lot. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I feel bad about what he's going through. It's a tough situation, and I, you know, I talk about this all the time. As far as you know, being a young man, millionaire athlete famous person and it's difficult and i don't think that we prepare these guys well enough to become professionals and have millions of dollars thrown at them and i i i just that that part saddens me because you know he's a good dude and i mean i i don't know what happened and um i assume we'll eventually find out but it, it's a tough thing to be going through. And, you know, if, if he makes it through, you know, more power to him. But it, it, I do think this is going to be a tough year for Houston. I think if he plays all year anyway, I think the best they could hope for is like a 6 and 11. But, yeah, I, I do think things are going to be more in the 3 to 4 range if they're lucky. So it's going to be a rough year in Texas. Sean, what are your expectations for this Texans team? 
Yeah, very low. I'm with you on this one. I think that, you know, at max, I think they're winning three or four games, even if Deshaun Watson plays. Um, like you, like Joe said, they won four games last year, and their defense got worse. Um, they lose Randall Cobb yesterday. They still have Brandon Cooks, but he's hurt all the time. Their O-line isn't good, uh, other than Laramie Tunzel. Uh, they love paying running backs for some reason. They, uh, they've loaded backfield of a bunch of guys who are underachieving, really, except for Philip Lindsay, but they overpay for Mark Ingram. They trade for David Johnson in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. So I don't, Bill O'Brien really screwed that team over. Uh, and now he's, he's not there to, you know, uh, not there to show for it. And I mean, they're just from a couple of years ago, making the playoffs every single year, you know, to being up again uh, against the chiefs, 21 points in that playoff game. Ever since then, it's just completely flipped around to, you know, being a respectable franchise into one of the worst teams in the league. So I don't see it ending good for the Texans. I, I agree with you. I think they're probably the worst roster in the NFL, even with Deshaun Watson. And if Deshaun Watson goes down and they have to uh, play Tyrod Taylor, I, I think it's going to be really bad. So I only see maybe two or three wins for the Texans this year. Zay, you putting any faith in Deshaun Watson? Um, Actually, no. I don't expect Deshaun Watson to be there, like I said before. I think the Texans have a good gist of the situation. I think that's why they're moving to trade him because they do expect that there is some value out of him and he possibly might play this year. I don't know why Joe is writing him off like he's about to die or something like that, but I, the way you sound is like somebody's dying. <laughs> I feel good. You know, I feel for the kid. Like he'll play relax. You, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't I, think you understand the no, severity I, of what this guy is facing. Okay. I honestly, I, I don't think either of us do, but I, I do realize there's a calmness coming from his side and, that calmness can't just be coming from just. Dude, he Jordan. hired Rusty Harden. Nothing says guilty okay. like Rusty Harden is your lawyer. All right. Whatever. If you say so, like I said, if he plays this year, he'll play. Like I said, I think they are trying to trade him because they do think he'll play this year. They do think they'll get value. And the Texans are a rebuilding team. It is what it is. I think I don't think Bill O'Brien screwed him. I think his approach screwed him. I think he knew that this team was probably going nowhere and they probably needed a fresh start. And they probably needed to upload some money so they could do that rebuild process. But his approach was pretty crappy in the way he did it. So now it does look bad on that team. But I don't believe, like I said, he will start. Tyrod Taylor's already been said to be the starter. He came out today and said he believes he will be the starter. He's been told he will be the starter. So it is what it is with this team. They're a rebuild team. They're trying to get pieces for you know by trading Deshaun Watson. And they uploaded money by getting rid of players who were heavy on their cap. And it, it just is what it is. I'm not, you know, making much of them. I, I wouldn't necessarily – I don't think they're in the stages of rebuild. They are just in, oh, they, on they, fire they, right now. <laughs> they, they don't have any young guys that you can be You bring in a new coach. You, you get some You get some draft picks. You upload some ca uh, some cap. That's how that's how a rebuild starts. That's no, it, it is starting, but right now it is just a fire, and you need to put out the fire before so, you can rebuild on top of that land. I think there's one that's fire right. in the room. Once they get rid of that fire, they'll be rebuilding their team. Yes, yes, uh, I will agree with that. But now let, let's take a look at another team in the AFC South. Just coming off that first pick, Trevor Lawrence, young team. They are the. They've got a lot of rebuild going on. Young team, both defensively and offensively. Urban Meyer coming in, first time coaching in the NFL. I, I think they can get some wins. I do think it is going to take them time to develop throughout the season. I think they will get better and better as the season goes on. But uh, I, I think they're going to be ahead of the Houston Texans, uh, but only by a couple games. I, I don't see them winning more, but like – five, maybe six, but uh, I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence in the NFL and see what he can do, and I think him and Urban Meyer will be great. Uh, I think it's going to be really exciting to watch the, them play because I think they are – I think it's going to be like the Chargers last year. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to keep them in a lot of games close against teams they really shouldn't be like Justin Herbert did with the Chargers. So, Joe, uh, you liked Jacksonville a lot last year. Now what do you think – coming into this rebuild and all these new pieces surrounding them this year. What are your expectations for them? Well, I, I think when you lose Mike Glennon, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's a, that's uh, a travesty. 
Yeah, it sure is. How, come oh. on, you guys know you love the fact the Giants signed Mike Lennon. That is so fantastic, but that's for another day. Uh, yeah, I do like Jacksonville. Uh, you know, they they do and, and have uh, some really good skill guys. They still really lack an offensive line. Defense really hasn't improved at all. So it's going to be a tough year, and I, I think it's going to be them battling Houston to stay out of the basement. I think this is you're looking at a team that maybe could win five or six games. Um, mostly in beating Houston there, that could be two potential wins. I don't, I don't see there being a ton more. I think it'll be fun to watch Trevor Lawrence, uh, come of age. Well, I will say with this team last year, they were in a lot of games pretty close, but Gardner Minshew, that's been a big problem with him throughout his career. And then he gets these games close and it comes down to the final drive and he can't do that. I think Trevor Lawrence, he's got a, I mean, he hasn't lost a regular season game. His week one, uh, I think he's going to take the L from uh, Houston, and that's going to be the only uh, win Houston gets all year. But he knows how to win football games. He knows how to get it on the line. I know not at the NFL level, but neither does Urban Meyer. So I think they're, they're going to be connected like that, and I think it's going to help them. Uh, I do think they can surprise some people and get some wins. Sean, what do you expect from him? Yeah, I think it's going to be a work in progress to start because, like you said, it's a it's a very young team, a lot of youth on there. So, but I think by the end of the year, they're they're going to get on a roll. I think they'll win a couple games down the stretch. So, I see this team winning anywhere from six to maybe even eight games. I I see them finishing right under five hundred. I, I think their offense is going to be really good, especially Trevor Lawrence by the end of the year. Uh, they have a lot of great weapons. They have James Robinson, who just ran for 1,000 yards. Uh, they bring in Travis Etienne as well. And while the, their defense definitely struggles, but they do have some good young pieces on there. Um, C.J. Henderson was hurt for most of last year, the first-round cornerback. And they pair him with Shaquille Griffin, who they signed in the offseason. So their secondary will be better. They still have Miles Jack, still have Josh Allen. So they have some good young talent. It's just about, you know, really the rest of that defense uh, coming together and making a strong unit. So I think they'll struggle a little bit to start the year. Um, and playing the Colts and Titans twice a year is definitely not going to help them out. Maybe they get one win out of those four games. But I do think by the end of the year, uh, I think that they'll have a little bit of a winning stretch. And I, I could see them finishing out the year strong um, and having some, some momentum going into Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer's second year. So I think that they'll start off the year rough uh, with the young squad, but I think that they'll have some momentum by the end. And I, I think it'll, they'll win anywhere from six to eight games. I'll, I'll go seven, ten. All right. Zay, your thoughts on Jacksonville? I'm just looking at their schedule, and that's a, <laughs> that's a pretty steep number, Sean. That's a pretty steep number. I'd put them somewhere around the five or six range. Like we all said, it's a young team. Uh, I do believe at the end of the year, they'll get it going. They'll, like Sean said, they'll struggle in the beginning. But, you know, they got the great Tim Tebow, so they'll find a way to make it through. And I do believe <laughs> they'll win about six games. No, I really do believe – I do believe there's a strategy behind that. I think Urban Meyer knows what he's doing. He's putting together pieces that can help him maybe win a couple of games later in the game, um, later in the series, so uh, late in the season. So, like I said, I'm in the five, six range. But I'm not at no eight range, Sean. That's That's – completely crazy to think that they'll win eight games is i don't even know where you said the jets are gonna win the afc so I, i've heard i know that yeah but come on come on son come on we talk about the jags here we talk about florida florida sports in general it's just tampa bay just won the super bowl yeah they just won the super bowl every every now and then they squeak through but right. I, you know right, but, and we'll get to tampa bay a little bit later I wanted to, I wanted to address your fact of his his whole. Uh, he's never lost a regular season game. That that was um, that was a little vexing because when you go to an overpowered school, that normally happens. I like to see how the SEC does now with other teams being able to you know coming over in twenty twenty five. See how they do now, but hey. we don't know. Trevor Lawrence won't be there, but I do believe he, he won a lot of games because you play a bunch of teams, a, a bunch of no name teams during your schedule. You play. Here and there, you play some good teams, but you know how college, you know, how to, you know how to schedule it. It's not that great. It's not that challenging. I get what you're saying, but that's that's an all four downs conversation. And when that starts back up, we can talk about that. But now let's get back. Let's stop talking about these mediocre, low end teams. Let's talk about some good teams. Two teams coming off the playoffs: the Titans and the Colts. Joe, 
who will win the AFC South this year? Um, I, I think a lot of people believe in Carson Wentz. And I believe those people are stupid. Uh, I Matthew Stafford is another guy. I'll I'll believe it when I see it kind of a thing. Maybe Carson Wentz, maybe he could turn it around. I think the, the good money right now is on Ryan Tannehill and AJ and Julio and the D train. Their defense is pretty good. I think that's the, the class of the AFC South. And I think Indianapolis is good. That defense is fantastic. I just, uh, I'll let you know in week six uh, how I actually feel about them. But right now, I, I got to say the Titans have been a really good football team the last few years. And I think adding Julio Jones uh, might be a huge difference maker <laughs> yeah. for that team. Um, I think A.J. Brown is underrated. He's a stud. And he, I mean, I think he's. I not a lot, but I think I think when people immediately start talking receivers and they're talking Tariq Hill and uh Devontae Smith, I, I think he's a guy that you know people don't think of right away. I think that guy's a baller. I, I think he mm-hmm. might have the best hands in the game, as far as I'm concerned. And to be able to do it and make Ryan Tannehill look like a Hall of Famer, I mean you're 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 a talented guy. Uh, and I again, I pair him off with Julio no, no. and with, with Henry, dude. It's all over. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. He was a, it's, he was in Florida football. He was a good quarterback. He was on a Florida team. Don't do that to him. He was a very good quarterback in college. Why do you hate Florida so much? <laughs> yeah, what Florida do to you? I, I, mean, I just hate Florida. It's all party all the time. Don't ask questions. Well, Zay, then who do you got taking the AFC South? The Titans or the Colts? I agree with Joe. I'm, I, have, I have the Titans. I think Carson Wentz is a terrible quarterback. I thought he was always a terrible quarterback. I think the things that made him terrible, like holding the ball way too long and forcing plays, that's not going to change because he moved to a different state or a different team. So he'll continue to make those mistakes. And the Titans, again, you bring back the core team. You add a great player like Julio Jones, and that should be a formula for success the way I see it. So I do not see any other outcome than the Titans winning this division at all. Damn. Okay. You going to sweep it there, Sean? Titans as well? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to agree with them for sake of argument, but I, I do think the Titans are going to win it. But I – I mean, the Colts, the one thing they do have the advantage over the Titans is the defense. Uh, I mean, the Titans defense, especially their secondary last year, was absolutely terrible. Um, and, you know, they lose uh, Logan Ryan at, after last year when he goes to the Giants. They lose Adore Jackson to the Giants again. And, you know, Kevin Byard is good safety, but the rest of that secondary is is awful. And Bud Dubree, who they signed in the offseason, is coming off a torn ACL. So we'll see how he does. But, I mean, that Titans defense needs to step it up. But. That being said, their offense is scary. Maybe the best offense in the entire NFL. So, uh, you know, 30-plus points a game, I think. So it, they're going to be tough to stop. But I do think the Colts have the advantage on defense. And while I, I'm not a big Carson Wentz fan, I, I think the change of scenery is definitely going to help them out. Um, Colts' offensive line is probably the best in the NFL. Um, you know, he the Colts don't have great weapons, but I think they have better weapons than they – than the Eagles did in his tenure there. They had wide receivers that were always underachieving. And, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, before he got hurt, he tore his ACL. He was the MVP that season. And obviously the last couple of years, uh, he's really had a lot of trouble with the turnover of the ball. But I think being under Frank Reich again, I think he's going to have a bounce back season. I don't think he'll be, you know, MVP caliber, but I, I think he'll be back to a solid, you know, ha- uh, top half of the league quarterback, maybe even top 10. So I, I think the Colts are going to be a lot better. I, I think it's going to be a really tough race. I don't think the Titans are just going to run away with it. Um, but I do have the Titans winning. I think the Titans will probably go probably twelve and five, and I could see the Colts going either ten and seven or eleven and six. I, I think it'll be a, a tight race between them two uh, right to the end. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's going to be very close. I have one game splitting the difference right now. Uh, I do think I, I also have the Titans taking it because it, just the star power. Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones bring to that offense. I do think their defense is lacking. But I do think it is a lot 
closer. I, I think the Colts do have a realistic chance of taking it from the Titans because of that defense. That O-line, the Titans O-line is good too. Very underrated. 2,000 yards rushing without a pro bowler on the offensive line. That's kind of crazy. But uh, I, I do think the, the Colts offensive line and really what comes down for the Colts for me, I don't even think it's Carson Wentz. Uh, I think it's Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman Jr. If one of those guys can take the next step, one of those young guys can take the next step to that elite level, to that top guy level, uh, I think this team can really compete, and I think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor behind that beast of an offensive line. I, I think he's going to be a guy competing with Derrick Henry for yards per game rushing-wise. Like I, I think those that that's going to be the big – Thing in this this division is those two running the football. Absolutely, what, you know what I say? Absolutely no way. Absolutely no way. Do you see the Titans' offense? You can't stack. You have to double the outside receivers. You can't just leave them there. You can't stack the box, which is going to leave Derrick Henry and some little guys on one on one outside a lot of the time. I don't see it happening. I I I just don't. You can't stack the defense you want to you know to stop the run because that pass. Because you have those two dynamic receivers out there, I don't think it's going to go the way you think it is. And again, they're going to have to outscore. The team's going to have to outscore this team. No matter how bad the Titans' defense may be or may not be, you know, you still have to outscore this team. And this team's going to put up a lot of points. They have a lot of offense coming from everywhere. I I don't see it where the Colts can keep up. Where they, you know, I don't see that offense keeping up with them. I don't. I don't see the productivity keeping up oh. at all. Colts defense is underrated, though. I, I think if there's any team, yeah, or any team in the AFC week. South that can hold them under 30, yeah, I think it's the Colts. You're not playing them every week, though. That's the thing. You're playing other teams. No, I'm saying I'm saying in their two matchups in the regular season. Don't be surprised if the Titans come out to like 10 and 0 start. I, I wouldn't be shocked because of that offense. Just off the be- just be just off the offense alone. I, I do think the 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 Colts do have obviously not to that level, but I think they have a similar offense. Ty Hilton isn't a schlub. Michael Pittman Jr., if he can take the next step, he can be a really good wide receiver. And then Jonathan Taylor behind that offensive line is going to be crazy. I, I think they still the got to learn a the quarterback. They still got to learn the new quarterback. Well, it isn't – Ryan Tannehill isn't like a stud. But let's not act like he's like – He's not a stud, with, but he's been playing with one of the receivers now for three years, and he's got one receiver he's going to have to pick up, but that'll go as they go along. Him and A.J. Brown have a great connection as it is. Once that other connection starts coming along, you can forget about it at that point. You won't be able to, you know, stock the stack the box and stop the run. You're going to have to put your safeties out and keep them up there in, in um, double coverage. It's going to be ridiculous. I'm telling you, if you have those two outside receivers, uh, yes, uh, I, I do think it's gonna I, I see it. It's going to be crazy. I, I do think this division is going to be really exciting because I, I I think the Colts and Titans are both very good. Obviously, the big name acquisitions from the Titans, they're going to be a team to watch. Now let's switch gears to the NFC South. I'm going to start just like we did with the AFC South, a team that's fighting for probably the number one pick in this next year's upcoming draft in the Atlanta Falcons. Joe, uh, Kyle Pitts, great pickup. Uh, He has some health issues. Ryan Tannehill, new coach. I mean, uh, Matt Ryan, new coach. Can, how are the Falcons going to stop from getting from being at the bottom of the NFC South? Can they? Well, yeah, I, I do. I think that they could hold off Carolina for the basement. Um, I think this is a team that's you know maybe a seven and ten or an eight and nine kind of team. Um, their defense isn't isn't good enough and this division is too tough for them right now i think if they were in a different division things could go a little bit better but uh yeah i i mean swapping pits for julio jones basically is what they did with that offense and their defense is awful so i don't know you know matt ryan's gonna do what matt ryan does and he's gonna put up pretty decent numbers so make sure he's on your fantasy team they'll be losing a lot so there'll be a lot of junkyards and uh, a lot of meaningless touchdowns. So load up, Matty Ryan. I love it. All right. Yeah. Sean, do you have any different expectations for him? 
Um, no, I, I think they'll be at the bottom. I and I don't think the them and the Panthers will be close. I I agree with you. I think the Falcons will be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, I mean their defense stinks. They they literally have no. I mean Deion Jones and Grady Jarrett are the only two people that you know are even noteworthy on that team. Their secondary is awful. Uh, they have no run game. Mike Davis. I, I know we talked about it when you had the running back tier list, but he's he's out. He's not a good running back. He's probably the worst running back one in the league. Um, and I, I think Calvin really will have a monster year. Uh, I, I think that will be it will be good for him. You know, with Julio Jones gone, he's going to get a, a lot of targets. I think he'll probably be one of the better receivers in the league. But other than that, there's nothing really to look forward to for the Falcons. Um, I just I think it's going to be a rough year for them. Uh, ever since that Super Bowl loss, they've been keep getting worse and worse, and they've usually been around 500. Uh, you know, somewhere around there, eight and eight. But this year, I, I think they're going to plummet down the list. I think I. I maybe at most winning five games, but I I think you know three or four wins is, is more realistic. I just think that they'll they're definitely going to struggle this year. Jay, are, are the games going to be like they were last year? Are they going to be close? And then the, the Falcons find a way to blow it in the end, or is it just going to be utter domination week after week by the opposing team against this Atlanta team? Yeah, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. Atlanta uh, <laughs> really like. Like they said, they just switched, you know, position players. They really haven't done much to make the team better. My only gripe is, you know, I agree with both of them. My only gripe is I, I don't believe they'll be fighting Carolina, Carolina for the bottom. I think that we might be fighting New Orleans. And I'll get back to that later, but I do Ooh. believe that they might be fighting New Orleans. And, and I, I'll, I'll get to my reasoning on that. But it's going to be rough for Atlanta for a while. And Atlanta, another team, like I said, most likely in a rebuild year, looking to get a top draft pick and continue to go that way. Probably see what they got out of Matt Ryan left. Maybe they can get something to trade for him later, but it's just going to be ugly, you know? That's that's just what it comes down to. You don't improve your team. Zay, you can't just tease us and not have us keep poking. You have New Orleans as in last place in this division. I, uh, not last place. I, I have them fighting at the bottom. And I have them fighting because I feel like if we can put a question mark on Daniel Jones and that and that offense is loaded in New York, we have to put that same question mark on New Orleans because I don't have that much trust in Taysom Hill and I don't have that much trust in Jameis Winston as a quarterback. I mean, I do. They both have, you know, Jameis Winston is probably won more games as a quarterback in his career than Taysom Hill and Taysom Hill is the starter. So for me, I think there's huge question marks at the quarterback position while they still have everything else in place. Kamara's always injured every now and then, and you have your wide receivers who, you know, they get bumped up every now and then, and then they come back. But it's really going to come down to what that quarterback position can do for them. And you don't have Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been a really solid piece for them over the last couple of years that's kept that team really good even when they had nothing. So now they're going to have to figure it out. And I think we have to have that same question mark at the quarterback position we do in New York, in New York that we have to, and we do in New Orleans because I think it's the same question mark at the quarterback position. I don't think we know what we're going to get. Well, uh, I do agree with you there. I mean, it is big shoes to fill with Drew Brees. I mean, you should have Michael Thomas there to help you, but now with, with his ankle injury, he might not be uh, ready to go week one. So I, I think, I mean, defensively, they still got Marshawn Lattimore, one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So I, I do think, I, I think it's all still there. I think it is. It, it was rough watching Drew Brees play. He couldn't get the ball down the field these past couple of years. Uh, James Winston loves to throw the football, and especially downfield. <laughs> well, I, I get that, but still, being able to open up your playbook and being able to throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field, uh, I think that's going to be a big deal for a lot of these players. 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions ain't going to help. I, I understand what you're saying. It, it is not going to win your division. We already know who's winning the division, but it's not going to help you get a wild card spot. Not with no 30 interceptions. No, yeah, James Winston definitely has to take away the interceptions. That's a given. But I do think he still has the ability to put up those crazy numbers yardage-wise and touchdown-wise. And it's the way it comes comes with him. What if he, the interceptions might come along as well. Joe, Joe, has, Joe has said many times on the show, We, if we haven't seen it, we can't say it's going to happen. You know, he said so he, he wasn't putting up numbers with Mike he, Evans? He, yeah. yeah, he was. But on the other hand, he's throwing in 30 interceptions. It's great if you're putting numbers, but if you're also hurting your team, that doesn't help. 
It doesn't help if you're throwing four touchdowns at the end of the game, but your, ten, your team is down six because you threw 10 interceptions. You know, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. They need a quarterback. They need a consistent leader. And I don't think they have that. Taysom Hill's always been a trick person. He's always been that person that maybe he runs it, maybe he doesn't. And we know Jameis Winston is very inconsistent. So to just throw them at the number two for me is just, I think it's wild. I think Sam Darnold is more of a, a clear-cut case at quarterback than both of those two. For me, I think it is. And I think Ooh. you give Sam Darnold, you give him Robbie Anderson, a receiver he felt comfortable with back in New York. You give him a better That's coach, a you give him a better situation, you give him a running back now who actually wants to play there, unlike Le'Veon Bell, who clearly didn't want to be there. Mm. And you might actually have something here. But to assume that you've got something in New Orleans when you have two unproven quarterbacks, I, I think that's okay. A- but you have two unproven coaches in Carolina and Matt Rule and Joe Brady. They're proven on the in the college ranks. Matt Rule's in the second year. Still- He's in his second year. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not throwing him off a bridge yet. He's in his second year. Okay, Jameis is in his first year starting in New Orleans. It, so it, I mean- we could throw we could throw Joe Judge off a bridge too if you want to be honest. If, you know, he's in his second year. He's really unproven to me. He didn't win the division. He could have mm. just as bad done. He could have just as easily done as bad last year as he did good at the end. It could have went just. It could have went both ways. So I wouldn't say Joe Judge is proven. I still think he has a lot to prove too. I really do think that the Giants got a couple of lucky breaks down the stretch last year that that went to a couple of wins that went favorable our way. Joe Judge is very unproven they as got, a coach. They got unlucky breaks. Lucky breaks, the Giants. No, no, we did get on lucky breaks, but I'm saying we could have easily lost more games last year than we won, is what I'm saying. Just as much as we could have won them. And that's what I'm saying. He's unproven. He hasn't shown to us that he has the ability to go out and win 10, 10, 12 game seasons. He hasn't shown us that. He showed us that he, you know, year one. Yeah, exactly. I said he's unproven, but you're jumping on Matt Rule. Matt Rule is one year in. We, I'm not jumping down this either. All right, all right. Joe, who's second, who's third for you in the NFC South? Settle a little bit. Um, I think we'll see New Orleans finish behind Tampa. Tampa's bringing back Everyone. a team that, I mean, just steamrolled the second half of the season. Everybody, including Patty Mahomes and company in its wake. I, I, I mean, New Orleans is good. They're certainly in transition. And I think it's possible New Orleans, uh, New Orleans can exceed expectations. I'm not going to predict that they're going to. I'm going to go conservative here. And I'm just going to assume it's going to be a tough start for Jameis Winston. Maybe he settles in. He turns it around. Everything goes great. I don't know. Maybe that'll happen. New Orleans certainly good enough football team. Um, Michael Thomas issue. Um, again, when you can't get Alvin Kamara involved in that offense, we we see what happens. And so, again, you've got another quarterback who's very different from Drew Brees. It'll be interesting to see what kind of dynamic that leads to as far as getting the ball in Alvin Kamara's hands. They don't win the ball when they give him the ball 10 times. Alvin Kamara's got to have 25, 35 touches. So we'll have to see how that offense plays out. Jameis Winston is a very talented quarterback. And I think without Drew Brees on his, you know, without Drew Brees being around, I think it would be a lot easier for him to go out there and execute. Uh, Taysom Hill's not a real quarterback. Let's be honest. Like, that's... He's a gimmick guy, and that's cute. And that ought to help him win another game or two. But Tampa Bay is clearly the class of the NFC South, and I, I feel like as of right this moment, it's you can't say it's close. I mean, you've got a, a proven product, a well-oiled machine, and you've got a team that's got a lot of great pieces. If they could put it together, it could be something special. If they don't, it could be a, just an okay year by New Orleans standards. Yeah, the, the I mean, New Orleans, they have a lot of returning pieces. It's really – it's just Drew Brees, and I think James Winston is an okay cover-up for that. But also Tampa does struggle in New Orleans. I think this is a team that can steal a win off of them. I, I think it is Tampa's, like, easy. Like, this is an easy repeat at a Super Bowl, it looks like, for Tampa, let alone the, the NFC North – I mean, South. Sean, would would you agree with that? 
Yeah, Tampa's definitely the favorite. Um, they're definitely going to win the NFC South, I believe. And I think Carolina will come in third. But I, I think the Saints are going to surprise a lot of people. I think they're going to be really good because, I mean, they really, like you said, Drew Brees is the only one they lost. And I believe that Drew Brees has been holding them back the last couple of seasons. His ability to not, you know, throw the ball downfield. Uh, th- their offense has just been, you know, so predictable over the last couple of years. I think with, you know, like you said, Sean Payton, who's a great offensive coordinator, opening up the playbook for Jameis Winston. And Zay, the one thing you're forgetting, Jameis Winston got LASIK, buddy. All right. So he's the hey. interceptions. They're going, they're, let they're let getting out of here. Let me so, tell you, I, I got LASIK too. And the minute you start sweating, you need eye drops because you can't see. Don't get it twisted. Hey, the, 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 one pass attempt, the one pass attempt he had last year in the playoffs was for like a 50-yard touchdown. So I think that Jameis Winston is going to surprise some people. They have two of the best tackles in the league in Teron Armstead and Ryan Ram, uh, Ramchek. So he's going to have protection. Uh, Alvin Kamara is great uh, as a rusher and out of the backfield. Their defense is super underrated, I feel like. Cameron Jordan's an elite pass rusher. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore had a down year last year, but he's still a great corner. Marcus Williams is a great safety. Demario Davis is one of the best linebackers in the league. So I, they, they didn't really lose any talent other than Drew Brees. And I feel like, you know, the unpredictability of this new offense is going to be trouble for a lot of teams. And I, I think that they're going to have it's a lot of trouble success. for them. It's going to be trouble for their team. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I think Jameis Winston is going to have a bounce back year. I think that he still will struggle with interceptions, but he's definitely not going to throw 30 interceptions and you got to remember i mean that year he did also throw 30 touchdowns and five for five thousand yards which is monster numbers even though 30 picks and i I think he might even cut that in half he'll still have some trouble probably around 15 interceptions but i think the saints are going to be really good i I think that they'll go 10 and 7 11 6 i think they're going to surprise some people but yeah i'd go tampa bay new orleans carolina and then atlanta and the dumpster it's amazing you could have that much faith in Jameis Winston and and that much doubt in Daniel Jones being able to hold on to the ball. I don't have doubt in Daniel Jones. Please, I have doubt in the all the time, time. y'all. Oh, his, un, his un, inability to hold on to the ball and his fumbles, and if he can keep his fumbles, well, is that, the, I mean, is that not a fact that over his first two years? I tell, you, I tell you what, he cut it down last year from from one year one yeah. year he cut it down. He did. I tell you what, the interceptions went down because he didn't play. <laughs> That's the only reason why his interceptions didn't go. It went down. He didn't play. Daniel Jones also dropped his TDs from his rookie year. So, I mean. I mean, again, yeah, he, from 11 he, to 24. When you lose offenses, pe- lo- lo- excuse me. No, I, I'm with you. We I, are I, all I, Daniel I don't, I don't Jones, Daniel guys. Jones. I, I think he's the answer. I just, I worried about the offensive line. that's why I think Jameis Winston, because very similar quarterbacks. That's why I, I think Jameis Winston can get it done. I think Jameis Winston, if he can put up numbers and even, like you said, Sean, if he can cut that interception number in half, I think he's an MVP candidate with 30 touchdowns, 5,000 yards. <laughs> oh, God. Have you seen Jameis Winston's training? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put up a, a, a compilation clip oh, of Winston's training so you guys can see the backyard workouts he gets in in off season. I'll give you that. Those those videos are hilarious. He's you know? going to throw 40 at the So I'm going to text you every 10 interceptions he throws. <laughs> All right, you're go- you're only gonna have to do it once uh, this season. So for every ten, hey, talking I'm about good. how Jameis Winston's training. Let's talk about how the Giants are training. Is training camp started last yesterday? A bunch of names on the uh, physically unable to uh, participate list, as well as Kadarius Tony placed on the COVID list. So I mean, with guys like Saquon Barkley. Kyle Rudolph, new coming into the system, that's really bad for him to miss out on training camp like this because this isn't the time where where your mind's open. You're learning the offense, especially if you're new like Kyle Rudolph. I'm excited to see how Kenny Galladay grows because he's going to have to learn the offense. I'm excited to see the bond between Daniel Jones and Kenny Galladay. But really right now this is preparing the foundation for what you're going to build off for the season. And everyone needs to uh, – it really sucks that a rookie like Kadarius Tony, placed on COVID can't be there for this. But th- this is where you learn the, the – this is where you get ready for the season. And it's very important, a lot more than people uh, really think because, I mean, training camps are very big, getting the season off to the right start. Joe – all these injuries, what do you think about them? And what do the Giants need to do to have training camp success? 
Uh, well, this is certainly disappointing. You obviously want to get these guys in camp. Uh, Kadarius Tony is not going to be uh, the factor I think we thought he was going to be. I think you're looking at more of a Xavier McKinney situation where maybe we see this guy in like week 12. I think he's very much behind the eight ball. Didn't come to the rookie camp on the COVID list. Um, don't know how severe it is. Uh, I've talked about this, Jay, certainly on throwing jabs Saturday mornings at 10 and on other shows. Uh, guys who get COVID have come back and been generally ineffective. So I think uh, that's tough news about Kadarius Tony. Uh, Saquon, I think, will be ready to go by week one. Not really worried about him. I don't think that's going to be a real issue. Um, per Robinson and Ziminus, you know, that's that's rough. Those guys, I think, are are all, you know, hopefully going to be contributors. So we'll see what happens. But not, not a great start. So you can talk about how Saquon Barkley is going to miss, like, the first 12 weeks of the season. <laughs> oh, we can't talk about it. He's speechless. It's not Before I get into that, I want to know who Joe's sources are, because Darius Tony was lifted off of, um, and activated off the Yeah, he's, he's back in the building. He did, play, he, did do a, he did do a training camp, rookie training camp. He missed the beginning of rookie training camp because he had a cleat issue, but he did finish out rookie mini training camp. He missed OTAs. Yeah, he missed OTAs. I stand corrected, boys. Thank you. Still he not will be, He will be playing and he will be starting. But Saquon Barkley, on the other hand, he will not be. And I said this to you guys weeks ago. Saquon Barkley is not ready. His injury was more of an MCL, ACL. It was more than just one thing busted up in there. So it's going to take a little more time to heal. And... It, I hope the Giants do take their time to bring him back because, again, Saquon Barkley's in the last year of his contract. This is a big year for him if he wants money. So I think you want to ease him back so that way if, you know, you lose him, at least you know you didn't get much back because you bought him back. You know, he, he had proper, you know, healing and all that, and, he, and then he got back on the field and he just didn't perform quite well. Or he comes back and he does perform and he overperforms and you can pay him. But again, at the running back position, you know how that is. They're a dime a dozen. You can get them anywhere, and that's where it becomes tricky because, again, the Giants, in my opinion, should have had Chubb instead of Saquon Barkley, but that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But, again, he won't be starting camp. It's a shame, but I think it's the right approach for the Giants if the Giants want to get back to where they want to be. Yeah, I do ultimately have faith in Saquon Barkley going forward. I, I mean, if he has to miss week one, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to last too, too long past that. But he does have to be healthy. He does have to come out here. He does have to produce because, Zay, you said it. He is on that last year of, uh, of his contract, so he has to he has to really prove himself. Sean, will he do that? Yeah, he's going to bounce back. Uh, I believe he's a he's an absolute freak. He's I mean, Saquon's a beast. So but I do like I agree with Zay. Uh, I, I love the Giants approach. I think that rushing back is a bad idea. Um, all the weapons they added in the offseason, you don't need him exactly right away. Obviously, it would be nice to have him to contribute. But if he does miss week one or even, you know, first couple of weeks, I'm fine with it. Uh, I, I'd like to see him at 100 percent before we put him back in there. So I, I like the Giants approach and I, I think he's going to bounce back. I think that um, this Giants offensive line isn't great, but if if anything, they're better at run blocking than they are pass blocking. So I think that Saquon, you know, will have success this year. And then um, just on the other guys, I think you know, like you said, Kyle Rudolph kind of stinks, but because he, he had you know foot surgery in the off season, so. But I it, I don't think it's too huge of a deal because he's the number two tight end still. Um, he's probably just going to be a red zone target. I I don't think he's going to be a huge part of the offense. Um, so I obviously it, it kind of stinks that he's not in there to learn the offense, but then. Uh, Kadarius Tony, he's had a kind of a, a weird start to his Giants tenure. Um, but I, it is good that he's back in the building, um, after being on the COVID list, but then they put Blake Martinez on the COVID list, um, which, you know, is not great. At least he, you know, it's his second year in the system. So he knows the defense. It's the same defensive coordinator. And then, um, like Joe said, some of the younger guys, Aaron Robinson, who, you know, is going to battle with Darnay Holmes for the starting slot corner position, uh, him missing out in his, in his, uh, first rookie training camp at the start is not great. Uh, Own Shaden Zimenez, who has really been hurt for most of the time he's been here. Uh, it's not great to see. And then um, Matt Parrott, who we're hoping is our starting right tackle. 
um, he he's out with a back injury. So definitely some some concerns, but hopefully these guys um, are back at some point in the next couple of weeks and uh, we can get this thing going because there, there's definitely some high expectation, probably the highest expectation for the Giants ever since after that 2016 season. So it'd be nice to see uh, all these guys back in the field because uh, Giants, Giants got to do this thing this year. Yeah. Is it weird that we've had more COVID cases this year when the vaccine has been out than we had last year? I've, I've noticed that too. It's, That's a little yeah. weird. Something's up with it. I don't know. I've noticed more plays have been on the list this year than they have last year. I don't know. Not I'm not starting a conspiracy. I'm not starting a conspiracy, people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Kadarius Tony, it does really suck because he also did have that contract hold out for a little bit. So it's really kind of weird to see where he's going to fit in and if he does gel well with the Giants because there has been a lot of problems. But that's going to do it for John of us, Jim, this week. We're getting down to it. Uh, the, the Hall of Fame games next week, just a couple weeks of preseason, then it is football season. We'll be coming to you every week talking about the Giants and what's going on, when that happens. I'm excited. We're all excited. The game picks are back. Oh, yes. Game the weekly picks. game picks. Reigning champion. And we will get things going fantasy-wise, too, in the coming weeks. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Myself, yeah, make, sure, Big Jason. make sure Risser puts his list out after us this year. I don't want to like copy <laughs> his list. Because... <laughs> uh, I mean, he shows before us, so we'll see. But for Big Jace, Joe Guire, King Zay, Sean Scan, this has been John about G-Man, the Giants football podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the AFC and NFC West. We'll bring you any Giants news that comes our way. So take care. We'll see you next time. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Twitch. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting CloverCrestMedia.com.